All right, everybody, how you doing? Jeff Johnson from the Gazette here for uh, another edition of the Prep Huddle. Is that what we're calling it? Prep Huddle? No Huddle? Prep Podcast? Uh, Years we've been doing this without a real good name. I know, right? Terrible. Terrible. Uh, Jeff Linder in the blue shirt, KJ Pilcher in the uh, spectacles and uh, full count hat. Uh we are here to talk a little bit about some uh, some high school football. Boys, it's here, the postseason, baby. Let's roll. Let's go. Right? You bet. <laughs> um, so is this is this considered the a- actual playoffs, or is this a playoff round for – or is this a play-in round for those small classes? How, how is this classified and – how are the banners going to be passed around uh, come Friday night after the game? I remember when they, the, the first time they went to 32 schools in each class, at first they didn't call the first round of playoffs. I think it was called Substate. And retroactively, they changed it back to playoffs. So I suppose you get a banner if you're one of the final 32 teams in, in those classes. Um, I suppose uh, I, I was thinking about that last night too. I suppose it's first round, second round, quarter semis finals, and then you know for the big schools it's just first round and quarter semis finals. Gotcha. Well, we could just call it the round of thirty-two. What do you think? There you go. I like that. I like that. And give them a medal for crying out loud. Why not? They made it. They had to qualify. Legit. Right. So, you know. Give them a banner, baby. Give them a banner. That's what I'm saying. So um, it's the small classes, 2A, 1A, A, uh, eight player that uh, goes uh, Friday night in the first round. And, um, you know, you want to talk in, I guess let's just start out with, was there anything last week that uh, real quick that, that kind of caught anybody's eye um, in any of the classes? Uh, any, anything that stood out game-wise or result-wise or, or anything like that? Um, the game I was at, I was, you know, really surprised that, that Kennedy had to really kind of scratch and claw after kind of a humdrum first half. And, and they, they really did get the, the car going in the second half and was able to – they were able to beat Johnson 24 to 10. That's where I was at. KJ, where were you at? Well, I was at uh, West Delaware at Independence, and uh, uh, I tell you what, I was, uh, it was a heck of a ball game uh, there, but I think uh, West Delaware showed they really, you know, defensively, they grind the ball out. They can, they can grind the ball out offensively, but they use big plays, so they showed that other side of uh, – uh, their offense and and I tell you what those those were two really good teams. West Delaware pulled away at the end. Um, Independence had a nine minute drive to start the third quarter. There were seven it was seven seven at the half. Independence comes out on the opening drive and uh, drain just grinds it down nine minute drive nine and a half I think. Actually, I think it was 227 when West Delaware finally got the ball, but they blocked a field goal, so they turned away, turned Independence away with uh, no points, and then West Delaware pulled away in the fourth quarter. But West Delaware, uh, not not to 
be too uh, overly dramatic, but I think uh, that's a that's a title contender type team. Into a three A. I'm trying to even remember where I was. Oh, Liberty! I was at uh, Liberty where I saw um, a Class Four A game where the winning team attempted one pass play, and uh, it ended up as an intentional grounding. And that was it. Burlington. Wow. Uh, and Burlington ran for 330 some yards uh, in that one uh, bad play call where it was a pass. <laughs> so uh, it looks like Liberty won't make it. We, you know, it, it was a, it was a good story for, you know, considering, uh, you know, the Bolts had lost, what, their first five games and then won two straight. And, uh, you know, we're looking at the playoffs. But now it looks like Liberty might be kind of the odd man looking looking in uh, at the playoffs. But, uh, you know, Burlington's got a nice club um, and uh, just a little bit run heavy. I think I looked at the stats, completed 13 passes all season. Really? And, again, that's a 4A team that's 6-2. and two. So you just don't, you, that's just, is just strange. It's just very strange, but True. you know what, however it works, however it works. So, um, all right, let's, let's move forward. Uh, let's look at and maybe class two, a um, first round games first uh, or the round of 32, I guess, as Jeff wants to call it. That's cool. Um, <laughs> we, uh, there's uh number four place at number one place. I don't know what that verbiage means, but it's basically four seed against one seed, right? <laughs> yeah. Um, we'll look at, at the the eight games there. Um, actually, I think it's nine. Is it eight? No, it's eight. Uh, Garner Hayfield, Ventura two and six at West Line, six and two. Sheldon three and five at Southeast Valley, seven and one. Spirit Lake six and two at Osage, five and three. Uh, West Liberty three and five at Wacon seven and one. Uh, Laporte City Union three and five at Monticello six and two. Osceola Clark five and three at Williamsburg five and three. Um, Centerville four and four at West Marshall seven and one. Then Roland Story three and five at Green County seven and one. And then um, the eight games in the three versus two uh, seeds. Esterville Lincoln Central five and three at Central Line five and three. That's a heck of a first round game. Uh, Red Oak three and five at OABCIG seven and one. Orange City Unity, Christian five and three at Clear Lake, five and three. New Hampton, five and three at North Fayette Valley, seven and one. Dubuque Waller gets in uh, with a three and five record, plays at Commands, five and three. Northeast Goose Lake, four and four at Mid Prairie, five and three. Davis County, four and four at Iowa Falls Alden, five and three. And then PCM, four and four at Clarinda, four and four. Uh, any of those games kind of kind of stick out to you? I'd kind of mentioned off the top thing. <laughs> Uh, Esterville, Lincoln Central, and, and Central Lions, George Little Rock, who we've had ranked, I think, pretty much all season, have to play right away in the first round. So, is that your top game, maybe in two A? What do you think of the two A pairings? I guess, boys. Yeah, absolutely. That's that's the biggest game. I think those are two teams that, um, you know, we, we had Central Lion, George Little Rock as our number one to start the season. I think they're both. I think they're tied for eighth right now. But they're in, in the round of thirty-two, playing against each other. That's a that's a monster game. I'm kind of looking, um, you know, New, New Hampton at North Fed Valley is kind of one that maybe catches by a little bit. Anybody agree or disagree with that? 
that's the best two-way game in the area. Um, trying to think here. Uh, I think uh, Spirit Lake at Osage might be uh, kind of go. a sneaky good game. Uh, I, I know Spirit Lake's, you know, uh, been a mainstay in our uh, rankings for the majority of the season, but uh, I, I think this might be a, a decent game come Friday. And no undefeated teams. How about that? In class two A. Yeah. So, but you know, a lot of a lot of the bouncing the non district stuff. You know, playing against three A teams and. Mm-hmm. and whatnot whatnot so um that's your 2a field yeah i just had it and i lost it uh we'll look at 1a here in a second um has anybody seen mid prairie this year that's that's not a bad ball club is it just uh, i i saw mid prairie at uh Williamsburg, and that was a game that uh, was decided in the final minute or so. Um, that's uh, that's a team. Uh, they've got uh, some really good athletes, especially the Kavanaugh kid uh, at uh, quarterback. So, I mean, that's a that's a team. If uh, you know, they kind of limit mistakes, and uh, that's a team that could make a run you know one of their sure. uh one of their losses uh you know they're five and three but one of their losses was a forfeit to regina because of yeah. injuries in in covid so yeah you know that's more of a six and two uh type team coming in and you know heck they they nearly knocked off uh williamsburg williamsburg really had to pull that one out so i know if ifs and buts for candy nuts to be christmas all year long but <laughs> That's a team that's close to being a seven and one team. Uh, I got the one A pairings here. Whereas uh, we didn't have any undefeated teams in two A, we have uh, six undefeated teams in Class One A. Uh, we'll run through those quick. Fours against ones are West Monona two and six at West West Sioux seven and one, Emmitsburg three and five at South Central, Calhoun seven and one, Eagle Grove three and five at Dyke New Hartford eight and zero. South Harden three and five plays at Dyersville Beckman eight no, Cascade four and four at Iowa City Regina eight no, Durant two and six at Sigourney eight no, Pleasantville four and four at Van Meter eight no, and then Nottaway Valley four and four plays at eight no Underwood, and then the um, threes against the twos it's Carol Kemper four and four at Western Christian three and five, Interstate 35, four and four at Woodbridge Granger five and three. MFL Marmac six and two at Denver seven and one. Applington Parkersburg five and three at Waterloo Columbus six and two. Uh, Eldon Cardinal gets in five and three at West Branch six and two. Minneapolis five and three at Pella Christian seven and one. South Hamilton four and four is at Adair Casey Guthrie Center seven and one. And then Ridgeview five and three at Trainer six and two. Anything game wise or team wise or anything stick out to you guys? Uh, that's one A is kind of a loaded class to me, obviously with, with what eight eight teams that are eight no or uh, six teams that are eight no. That's that's pretty good. The, the two that really stand out to me in our the ones at West Branch, uh, the Bears play Cardinal and uh, MFL Marmac at Denver. I think those are the two best games uh, involving two of our area teams. And the, the game that looks like a a blowout 
you know, Durant, Sigourney, Kyoto, Durant is two and six and Sigourney's eight. No, but uh, they played in week one. I think that was a 23, 20 game. And Durant has the, uh, the really good running back uh, whose name is escapes me. Not DeLong. Still, yeah, it is. Okay. Okay. Uh, and they played, it was interesting. Uh, I think it was right. We had Ryan Plegencool down there at, at Regina last week and, he was telling to me that uh, Regina coach Jason Dumont called him a Division One player, college player. So, uh, yeah, it looks on paper like a blowout, but I think you're right, guys. That that could be a really interesting game. And, um, you know, state-wise, you know, AP at Waterloo Columbus kind of catches my a little bit. And then Meepo at Pella Christian. I mean, those are two teams that, that play or, or that are, you know, kind of traditional power. So, um you know, and then, uh, you know, the, the rest, uh, obviously, uh, the fours against the ones will be a, a pretty uh, heavy uh, favorite in each of those games. So, uh, let's see, Class A, let's go down to Class A and the fours against the ones. Um, we've got uh, Tri-Center, five and three at Hartley, Melvin, Sanborn, six and two. Uh, Ulta Aurelia, five and three at West Hancock, eight and oh. St. Ansgar three and five at Grundy Center seven and one. Nashua Plainfield four and four at Northland eight and zero. Bellevue five and three at Lisbon seven and one. Highland three and five at Linville Sully seven and one. Madrid three and five at Mount Air six and two. And then uh, AHSTW four and four at Woodbury Central seven and one. And then uh, the threes against the twos. We've got IKM Manning five and three at South O'Brien six and two. Starmont gets in at three and five at North Butler, seven and one. Elbernet, four and four at Wapsie Valley, six and two. Uh, Mason City Newman, six and two at East Buchanan, seven and one. North Tama, six and two at six and two Wapolo. Earlham, five and three at Bell Plain, six and two. Ogden, four and four at Southwest Valley, six and two. And then Lamar's Galen, five and three at Logan Magnolia, seven and one. Anybody with thoughts uh, on the Class A field, especially the first round matchups here? Okay, JJ, I'll refer to you here. Yeah, I uh, uh, obviously Mason City Newman at uh, East Buck uh, really stands out, especially with our area. Um, you know, that should be a really good game. I'll be up there Friday night. Uh, the one thing that I thought was kind of interesting uh, as far as matchups go, you know, Newman is one of the top uh, teams in Class 4A. Uh, they average 36.8 points a game, and uh, they're tied for fourth in the class with 43 touchdowns. So, obviously, the, the Newman offense is a, is a key component to their success. And the Buccaneers' defense has been uh, really key for them. They only allow 11 points a game, and they've forced 24 turnovers uh, this season, which is second uh, – or – their 10 interceptions is second in class a. So I think that's where this game is going to uh, teeter on is who wins that battle between the Buccaneer defense and Mason city Newman's offense. And the one thing that really could help them is East bucks rush attack. You know, we talked about Burlington being run heavy. You know, I, I think everybody knows uh, East buck is a run first run second. <laughs> you know, maybe even run third type of team, even though, uh, you know, they probably could throw the ball if they wanted, but uh, 
they've rushed for 2,700 yards, 2,715 to be exact. And, uh, you know, maybe we see uh, the offense really helping that Buccaneer defense by chewing up a lot of yards on the ground and in the clock. But, uh, you know, that really seems to be the the game that stands out to me um, here in the first round. And uh, one other thing, um, you know, let's, let's hear it for Starmont, right? <laughs> it was a couple, it was just a couple of seasons ago that uh, they were on the brink of, you know, did they, did they cancel the season or, you know, they were forfeiting games because their numbers were so low. And now they're in the playoffs. Yeah, you all know that I have some relatives up around that way. So, uh, yeah, <clears throat> excuse me. It was good to see, uh, good to see the stars. And and uh, you kind of look at their at their resume here too. I mean they they were in almost all the five games that they lost. You know, thirteen points to Sumner Fredericksburg, ninety loss point loss to East Buck, eight point loss to South Wind. Um, you know, a couple touchdown loss to, to really good and ranked Lisbon team. And then North Lynn shot them out, but that's kind of what North Lynn does. So, yeah. Uh, so yeah, good on, good on the stars. Uh, I agree. That's, uh, that's a nice turnaround for, for a program that, you know, uh, couldn't even feel the team because, uh, because of such low numbers. So, yeah. um, so hopefully things keep climbing for them. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Um, Eight player, <clears throat> excuse me. Let's uh, run through the eight player where we had um, a little bit different. Uh, uh, I think it was the, it was what was that? It wasn't a wild, was it a wild card, Jeff? In 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 class, an A player or there are two wild cards in A player. Okay, um, and they went to the seventeen point rule, not RPI for their two wild cards. Okay, very good, very good. Um, so we've got what they call four seeds. I, I assume those are the wild cards at, um, at the one seeds, uh, Springville gets in at four and four plays at Turkey Valley, eight, no. And then East Mills four and four plays at uh, top rank Cumberland and Nina Messina, uh, eight, no. And then we've got, uh, threes at ones. <laughs> Xyra Elkhorn, Kimbleton five and three at Remsen St. Mary's eight, no Kingsley Pearson four and four at Harris Lake park, six and two. Tripola five and three at Don Bosco six and two, Dunkerton four and four at East Easton Valley eight no, Edgewood Colesburg gets in at five and three plays at Waco eight no, New London four and three at Montezuma nine and zero, BGM five and three at Martinsdale St Mary's six and two, and then Lamoni four and four at Lennox eight no. Then you've got uh, three seeds against two seeds. You got Northwood Kinsett six and two at Lansing Key seven and one. Stanton Essex six and two at Audubon seven and one, and then you've got uh, twos and twos with the host determined by point differential. Uh, Newell Fonda seven and one at Janesville seven and one. Grettinger Terrell Ruth and Ayrshire seven and one at Gladbrook Rhinebeck seven and one. English Valleys six and one at Southeast Warren five and three, and then Baxter seven and one at Fremont Mills five and three. Um, First of all, guys, how what do you think? I mean, you've you've obviously the twos and the twos. That's uh, that's unfortunate, you know, where you got four games there where you got uh, some really good football teams that have to play against each other right away, right? Yeah, um, 
you know, the one of those that kind of stands out to me is uh, GTR and Gladbrook Rhinebeck, both seven and one. Uh, yeah. That's, yeah. Uh, that's a really good uh, first round game out of the shoot. Uh, there's some good games over here. Um, you know, I, I think English Valleys and Southeast Warren is going to be a really game, good game. Uh, Northwood Kent's at Lansing Key. I know Key's kind of a, a fringe team for us, but I think that's going to be a terrific game. Um, and I'll tell you, I, it, it wouldn't uh, it wouldn't shock me if Edward Ed, uh, Edward Colesburg uh, made a strong run at Waco. Agree, agree. Uh, and then that BGM Martinsdale St. Mary's game kind of yeah. intrigued me a little bit uh, in eight players as well. So uh, all these classes that we mentioned eight through a eight player through two a um, things will be after Friday night's first round games or round of 32. Uh, then everything, the, the remaining 16 teams will go into four, four team pods. And I assume those will be seated somehow. Jeff, is that, in KJ, is that kind of what you're? I, I would imagine so. Uh, I would think that uh, they, they'll. I know they're going to keep the, the district champions apart from each other in the round of 16. So, you know, I guess, I guess they're going to see it somehow. And uh, I just hope it doesn't have anything to do with that alphabet. <laughs> well, you know, geography is going to play a role in this, right? Still? Probably. Um. Did it seem, guys, like there was a little bit of secrecy when it came to, you know, not even coaches really knowing how this whole thing was going to be worked out uh, pairings-wise, or or am I conspiracy theorying here a little bit too much? Well, there, there wasn't anything public. I mean, they didn't say that, you know, this is how – there wasn't anything in the manual. This is how it's going to work this year. And so we were, we were just kind of guessing – I assume that's it's the same case, same way with the coaches. I was told that they weren't going to put teams into a bracket at all this year, and then you know, lo and behold, they are, which which I, I think is good. I'm glad that they they changed their mind and they are. So I I, I don't know. Um, it just seems like we're just kind of all off the guard on this. You know, with as goofy as last year was, and and everything else, is it a possibility? Boone just wasn't sure exactly how they were going to progress or, or how they were going to uh, make this new system work. I mean, there are a lot of, not, not uh, saying they weren't on top of things, but there are, there are a lot of things that uh, have changed over the last year or two. Um, maybe they just weren't, Maybe they just weren't sure how things were going to progress or, or how they were going to handle things until, you know, a little later than normal. Do you mind the way it's being done here, guys? Do you, do you like this in a sense, or um, would you tweak it a little bit? I think there's always some tweaks that can be made. Um, but I, I, I don't have a problem with it. Um, I don't have a problem with the eight-game schedule with, with the smaller classes and and going to 32 teams, if that's, you know, if that's what the majority wants, then that's, that's okay. Um, I guess I'm, I wonder how many of these teams that didn't make the playoffs are going to play a ninth game. Have you heard of too many of those cases or are most teams out just going to call it quits at eight? No, I, uh, I <clears throat> excuse me. I actually, uh, there's a, a bunch of games actually on Thursday night, guys. Um, okay. Games that uh, involve 
non-playoff teams. Um, kind of counting the list here. Three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine of them. Uh, nine, you know, games that were put together here, uh, presumably in the last week. <laughs> um, teams like West, West Central at Alcator Central here in, in the area. Central City is going to host HLV. Um, so that's just two. And then there's, uh, you know, I think there's there's some uh, some as well on, on Friday night. So why not, right? You know, if you want to keep playing, you want to get that ninth game in, you, you find someone that's fairly close to you that, you know, is a similar team uh, and play. So I got no problem with that. So um, there's still is some regular season stuff to go here for uh, 3A, 4A, and 5A. Um, final regular season week. There's still obviously some uh, some things to to be figured out playoff wise. Uh, we do have City High uh, playing at Davenport Central on Thursday night, and then there's uh, then there's some games. Obviously, a lot of games on on Friday night, and and some games that uh, you know uh, will have a say and who gets in, who doesn't get in, and and seating as well, and. I guess Jeff, you're going to be at uh, probably the premier game around here, and uh, and that's uh, Prairie and Limar. Yeah, and uh, there's a lot to play for there. Uh, Prairie right now is uh, six and two and has an RPI of four. Linmar seven and one has an RPI of five. Uh, my guess is that the winner of that game will probably uh, go with the, what Brian White calls home, home, dome, dome. Uh, <laughs> maybe they get to play two games at home if they win the first. Um, so, and, and that's a big deal. Um, I think, uh, you know, especially if you're going to have a, a first or second round game against a pretty good Central Iowa team, you want to be playing that game at home. Dowling's kind of lurking out there as a, as a first round opponent you really don't want, right guys? Yeah. I mean, uh, the way they turned around and what was it, uh, went over Valley last week, um, you know, that, that was one, uh, you know, that, that maroon train is chugging along right now. And maybe a lot of people have written them off and, uh, here, here they are looking like they're playing their best, right. As, uh, the postseason is approaching. So, uh, that's, uh, that's going to be something to, to kind of keep an eye on. And we've seen, you know, Southeast Polk escape a couple games. Uh, especially wasn't it Dowling in week one that they scored on the final play. So things in central Iowa have gotten really interesting with, you know, Southeast Polk, Ankeny, uh, West Des Moines Valley, Dowling. And then there just happens to be Ur Urbandale sitting out there too. Um, it's, it's going to be kind of interesting how uh, that plays out. And Dowling got Urbandale slipped from uh, four to six in the RPI because I think uh, one of their opponents, I think it was Sioux City West, had to forfeit a couple games, so that bumps yeah. Urbandale down. Yeah, I saw that. The uh, Sioux City West used an uh, ineligible player inadvertently, so had to forfeit. Um, and I think it had broken a 25-game losing streak, too, unfortunately, um, but had used a, a player that was ineligible unintentionally done so and uh ended up having to forfeit and like you said jeff that that uh it does not just affect uh, sioux city west it's affecting uh rp high and in, in some of these other schools so mm -hmm. um unfortunate deal all the way around and 
Uh, go back to Dowling quick. Uh, quarterback Jackson Smolik, who broke his collarbone in the first game, he's, uh, you know, potential D1 type kid, is back now. Uh, returned last week against Valley. So, um, needless to say, the Maroons are going to be a very, very tough out <laughs> in 5A. So, um, I'm just kind of looking here at maybe some of the other games uh, involving schools in the uh, in the metro in particular. Kennedy finishes the regular season at Dubuque Hempstead. Um, Iowa City West hosts Pleasant Valley. Uh, Marion is at Waterloo East. Um, Liberty at Clinton. Uh, uh, Waverly Shell Rock and Decorah boys that that's uh, always a big rivalry and uh, a big game there Friday night. What do you think about that one? That's a district title game, uh, 4 0 in their district, and uh, obviously the winner of that one will, will win that district. And uh, yeah, uh, you know, Waverly's really, really good, and it looks like Decorah's coming on as well. They they beat uh, Western Dubuque in what was kind of a kind of a pivotal game there to, to clinch a a spot and I, you know, I, I think it's going to be a typical, uh, Wartburg Luther King. <laughs> uh, then Kingston stadium is, uh, I, I think it's a pretty big game. Jeff, you probably got this sniffed out a little bit better than, than the rest of us, but, uh, Cedar Rapids, Washington and Pella. And, uh, we all know, uh, Xavier's your, your district winner there. That's been clinched, but, uh, who finishes number two is very much up in the air. With uh, with Pella, Clear Creek, Amana, and and Washington, and then, uh, you know, and then you got some wild, a couple of wild card bursts out there uh, too for for maybe whoever doesn't get second place. So, what do you what can you tell us about that that whole scenario there, Jeff? Wins, they're the second team. If Washington wins, we got a mess. Uh, if Washington <laughs> wins, if Washington wins, and if Newton knocks off Clear Creek, Amana, Washington's the second team. If Washington wins and Clear Creek wins, it's a three-way tie. And I think the RPI would probably go in Clear Creek Amanda's favor. So they'd get the second place. Um, my guess is that one of the, one of the uh, four at-large bids is going to come out of that district, whether it's uh, Clear Creek or Washington or maybe even Newton. Is there a chance that they get two wild cards or not, Lindy? Um, I'd say it's unlikely right now. Pella is 13 in the RPI. Clear Creek man is 14. Newton 17. Wash is 18. One of those three, one of those four schools is going to get an automatic berth and uh, two of those schools are going to lose. So they're going to fall. They're going to fall down. So I would say, I would say the two winners are in and the two losers are probably out. Okay. Okay. So there's a lot, there's a lot on the line in, in that district, uh, going into the final to the final weekend um you know before we move on yeah washington's roller coaster ride of a season they started out we had them ranked and uh they jumped out to a 2-0 lead or 2-0 start and, and then there were some pretty ugly losses uh there in the season who would have thought by the time week nine came around that they actually would have a shot of being in the playoff. I mean, that's uh, that's a nice kind of mid-season turnaround for for them a little bit. Uh, you know, didn't they have a big win against Newton? Um, 
think at Kingston Stadium. So, you know, if Lightning can strike twice, they could be in the playoffs. And I didn't see that happening after, say, week four or five. Yeah, uh, that's a great point, KJ. They, you know, they kind of ran the gauntlet there when you look at the schedule. Uh, had to play Kennedy, Linmar, Xavier, and Clear Creek Command, a back-to-back-to-back-to-back. Um, that's that's yeah. really tough. And I'm sure they're they're still lamenting that one-point loss to Clear Creek Command, uh, a yeah, game that, that you know. Yeah, absolutely. And then, you know, you're, you're, you're looking uh, quite a bit better uh, playoff-wise. But um, – yeah, those boys didn't quit, and they've, uh, you know, they won 43-23 over Newton and then 35 nothing over Oskaloosa last week. So, um, good stuff. Good stuff there from the from the Warriors, no doubt. So, KJ, you got some things you want to uh, you want to quiz me and Lindy on, right? Yeah, we'll revisit our uh, who has more uh, segment here. Uh, so I've tried to dig around and, and get some things to see just how how on top of uh, area stuff you are. So the first one, these are hard. These are hard. So uh, which is more, Iowa City High, Ronnie Majors, Majors, longest kickoff return for a touchdown? <laughs> for South Winds, Carson Went holds along his punt return for a touchdown. Hmm. I'm gonna go I'm gonna go major. Uh just because if the young man from South Wind picked up a punt like at his own five yard line or something, his coach was probably yelling at him <laughs> until he until he broke in the clear down the field. So that's my theory on that, and I, I'm sure I'm wrong, but that's what I'm going with. That's a good theory. Right, that, that's a good theory. Uh, I, I like that. I'll, I'll, I'll just go the other way. I'll go south win, and I'll go with the kid getting chewed out as he runs down the sideline. <laughs> <laughs> Ronnie Majors' longest kickoff return for a touchdown was 97 yards. Carson Wenthold's longest punt return for a TD was 98 yards. So it wasn't wow. Wenthold. And I'm sure there was probably a – what are you doing? Go, 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 yeah! Kind of uh, response. Great play, great sideline. play. <laughs> but, uh, but, yeah. KJ, you're muted. There you go. Yep. So, uh, two extremely good plays for from those two young men. Uh, so, uh, Northland in Class A, Northland, Lisbon, East Buck, and Belle Plaine are combined 28 and 4. Which of those teams has the best scoring differential? And uh, for extra credit, rank them 1 through 4 in scoring differential. I'm going to go. Uh... And I don't know why. Bell Plain, North Lynn, Lisbon, East Buchanan. I'll go North Lynn, East Buchanan, Lisbon, Bell Plain. Uh, North Lynn is number one. Uh, their scoring differential is 34.6 points per game coming into this uh, playoff round. Lisbon is second 
they score about 35.9 points a game. They only give up 8.3, so that's 27.6. Then it's Belle Plaine. They score 32.1 points a game, which kind of surprised me a little bit. Only give up 12.8, so they're at 19.4 overall. And then East Buck is fourth, uh, 29.8 points per game, and uh, only give up 11 uh, for an 18.8 differential. And I think a lot of that is because they run the ball so much, they kind of shorten the game a little bit and uh, pretty stingy. So four really good teams entering the first round of the Class A playoffs uh, here in the area. This one's a little more straightforward. Which player has the most all-purpose yards so far this season? Cade Molinex from Sigourney Kyoto. Sean Staley from Solon or Luke Menster from Springville? I'm going to go Menster just because the eight-player game is so uh, wide open. Um, I'll go with Onyx. Uh, the correct answer is Sean Staley from Solon. <laughs> of course. Uh, and, and all three of those guys are only separated by 22 total yards. Uh, Staley has 1644 all-purpose yards. Luke Menster is second with 1633. And Cade Mullinex has 1622 coming into this, uh, this week's game. Who has more offensive and defensive touchdowns combined? Iowa City High or Lindmar? Uh, City High. I'll say my mark. They're only separated by one. City High has 42 offensive touchdowns and five defensive touchdowns for 47. Linmar has 42 offensive touchdowns and four defensive touchdowns for 46. So City High is correct. I own you, Linder. I own you. You do. <laughs> Aaron Rodgers. Okay, so here's, uh, here's the last one. Who has more passing TDs from Kennedy's Carson Blitz or rushing TDs from Prairie's Mikel, uh, Mikel Taylor? I just looked at Mikel's, uh, yeah, I'm going to go uh, Blitz. Okay. I will as well. Blitz has more. He has 16 passing touchdowns, but uh, Taylor has 14 touchdowns, so not too far behind there for for Prairie. So uh, some interesting things there, and you guys did pretty well. I try I try to make them as difficult as possible, and but you guys did well. Nice job. Everything's everything's difficult for me. So 100. <laughs> percent all right, where where's everybody gonna be at on uh, on Friday night? Lindmar Stadium for me. Lindmar Stadium for Jeff. I know KJ is gonna be in Winthrop. Yep, yep, I'm gonna I'm gonna be at the uh, Mason City Newman uh, East Buck game. Also, uh, want to take the chance to let people know uh, kind of something we're doing. We're gonna be uh, following Kennedy for the postseason pretty pretty close uh, each week. It, um, we're going to kind of, kind of a little bit of a soft opening, I guess, uh, 
Uh, we're going to have a little bit of a feature. I'm going to head over there to practice uh, and, and kind of get an inside look of how they're preparing for Dubuque Hempstead here this weekend or this this week. Um, and looking to close off a, uh, a 9-0 regular season uh, as our top-ranked team. So uh, uh, keep an eye out for, for that, some multimedia features uh, uh, and content from uh, following Kennedy uh, here this, this postseason. Yeah, it kind of stinks in a way that um, we've got, you know, clearly what are – well, in, in 5A, you've got three really good teams from the Metro. Um, and, you know, Kennedy didn't play either Lindmar or, or Prairie this season, which is – it's kind of weird, um, you know, in a way. Does that but, benefit? Is that – if they cross paths in the postseason, does that benefit Kennedy or does that benefit a, a Lindmar or Prairie? It doesn't not matter. I mean, I'm not sure it matters. Uh, yeah. I mean, you, you'd like to, you know, you you might think that that it might favor Prairie just because of the unique yeah. offense, but um, you know, you're also looking at Kennedy and Prairie have played a lot in the last against each other, including <laughs> playoffs the last right what two, three, four They're years familiar with each other. Yeah. Um, and Limar's kind of got a new coaching staff, so uh, maybe that would be an advantage for Prairie, but uh, yeah, who knows. Um, who knows? Hopefully we'll get some of these delicious matchups here uh, in the postseason. So uh, I'll be at Kingston Stadium for uh, what Pella and Cedar Rapids Washington on Friday night. I know we're covering a bunch of other games, too. We'll have a running scoreboard, um, you know, so catch your uh, either your regular season or playoff scores uh, at the Gazette online. Um, we'll have the Green Gazette up and running, of course. Uh, put together our own little online uh, sports section. Nathan Ford will be doing his thing with, uh, you know, uh, video reports and talking about, you know, the highlights uh, of, of Friday night. So um, I haven't seen the weather. It's supposed to be chilly, I think, but dry. Is that right? I think uh, so. I, I, I think I think pretty nice for week nine. Um, looking right now. Uh, Friday, cloudy, I'm sorry, it's sunny and 54 for a high. So I suppose probably 48 or 50 at kickoff. That's, that's all right for week nine, isn't it? Yeah. Especially with what we've, uh, the good fortune we've had all, uh, yeah. all season long and yeah, only a couple weeks away from the dome when it's 72 and sunny. So yeah. Up yeah. But a low of 30 Friday night. So it's going to get cold fast. Yeah. We haven't, we didn't really have the, uh, the, uh, the postponement Friday night that we always seem to have um, at least once this year where, you know, a bunch of games get weathered out and have to be played, you know, on a Saturday or a Monday or, or whatever. So knock on wood, it's been pretty good from a weather standpoint. So. And uh, I was reminded yesterday that at this time last year, it was snowing. Really? Um, in Eastern Iowa, we actually had snow accumulations. So uh, I'll, I'll take uh the 30s and 40s and cooler temps as long as I'm not having to shovel a driveway. <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. All right, boys. Thanks very much. Nathan, thank you as always. Um, folks, we hope you enjoyed this edition of the Prep Huddle Football Podcast. And as always, we will let KJ carry us out. Keep your head on a swivel. <laughs>